At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is a source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. That can't be what I think it is, I said out loud to myself. My friends and I had decided to get together at my place for some good old-fashioned fun. Our version of such includes competing in college drinking games. I'll tell you right now, we are well past college age, but I'd say though that playing beer pong or flip cup isn't quite weird for us just yet, if you get that. I'm only 35, my former roommate, Jay, is a year younger, and our twin friends, Kendall and Kelsey, or maybe 36 or 37. We are drinking game OGs and feel 100% confident that we can enjoy tossing a little ping pong ball into a questionably clean red solo cup of Miller Lite for at least another year or two. Hitting the Lordy Lordy Look Who's 40 Club might be the end of our drinking games. Yo, Jake, you or Jay ever play Depth Charge? Kelsey said. Or maybe it was Kendall. Shit. After all these years, I still have a hard time differentiating between the two. Me and Jay, whose real name is Jeremiah, shared a Bio 101 class with the twins on the first day of college. When I knew he wanted to be a doctor, I thought it would be funny to call him Dr. Jay, like the Philly basketball legend. And it stuck. Not only were me and Jay randomly paired as roommates, but we also happened to have our first class together. That's how our friendship started, and we've been connected ever since, at least in communication in our post-college life. Jay has long since moved to the southeast to practice medicine. No, I said. Can't say that I ever have. I stopped myself. Like I said, I sometimes still don't recognize which twin is which. Clearing my throat, I continued. Nope. I can't say that I have, and I left it at that. I suspect both Kendall and Kelsey have recognized my failure to identify them and have mercifully given me a pass. Hell, I have twin cousins. I was in my teens when they were born, so I've seen them grow up, and I still don't recognize them. Thankfully, one has gotten a lip piercing, so that helps. But as most twins, they chose to dress and act and always talk the same, I'm sure most twins are used to this. I was never great at science or math. Jay, like I said, became a doctor, so he was more than capable of helping me during that initial undergrad class. But we needed to break into groups of four for the lab part of the class, and we both thought the twins were cute, like every other guy in the class, I'm sure. And Jay's charm and my brooding mystery somehow worked, and we all partnered up. We were in the very beginning of the emo explosion in the early 2000s, and I just took to it. Brooding and dark didn't even begin to describe my personality back then, but I did like drinking, and so did Jay, so we got along right off the bat. Turned out, so did the twins. And we remained friends all through college and beyond. 
Kelsey, Jake's never played Death Charge. She said, smiling like a goofball. They do this when people don't remember which twin they're talking to. It's so considerate, it hurts. One will call the other by their name so you can cue into who you're talking to. Very considerate. Kendall gives me a look like, It's fine. We came all this way to hang. Don't worry about the names. And I'm much appreciative. Kelsey and Jay, having a conversation of their own near the bar area in the basement, come skipping over, drinks in hand, to admonish me for my inexperience in this particular drinking game. It's a rare, nice, early spring day here in the great state of Michigan where I live. All four of us met here, Central Michigan University. Fire up, chips. I've remained here to this day, not at CMU, of course, but in Michigan. Jay is in the southeast, as previously mentioned, and the twins both took teaching jobs in the greater Phoenix, Arizona area. As adults, we all know how hard it is to coordinate schedules, but it just happened to work for all of this. Jay put out a group text about a month ago, seeing if we could all meet up and relive the glory days for a weekend. I quickly offered up my place. I've got the room. And thankfully, we landed on an early May date that we could all do. Jay already had time scheduled off, and the school both twins worked for happened to have a three-day weekend for some kind of principal training. I'm not sure what that is, as I've been out of high school for quite some time. Either way, here we are, all four of us bros, hanging out in my basement, shotgunning beers and slamming quarters. Kendall and Jay arrive at the ping-pong table that I bought online just for tonight's occasion. Kendall bumps into the edge a little bit, rocking some of the undrunk cups of light beer from an earlier pong game. How have you never played Depth Charge? Kendall looked at her identical self with a wild look of, what an idiot, on her face. I just stood there and shrugged, looking at Jay for some kind of backup or confirmation that he's never played either. He shrugged back at me, mouthing something like, I don't know either. He started to giggle to himself. We were all having a monster time. I see he's along for the ride here, just waiting to see how the twins are about to embarrass me about depth charge, even though he's never played the damn thing himself. No matter. I'll take the bait. Okay, ladies and lords of drinking games, pray tell, what is this beautiful game? The twins both laugh, almost snorting out vodka cranberry from their noses. They even drink the same thing at all times. Kendall takes a seat at the bar, like it's going to help while explaining the game. Okay, so it's a two-player game, with maybe a maximum of four players, which is, <laughs> oh damn, what we have. You fill up a pint glass of beer and ever so gently place a shot glass in the middle. If you do it right, it'll sit just above the liquid. Then, then, you take turns pouring sake into the shot glass. The goal is not to sink the glass under the beer. The strategy is to not be the one to sink the shot. If you do, you have to chug both the beer and the shot. Simple, right? Sounds kind of fun, actually, I thought. I'm game, I said, throwing up my hands. Jay nods in approval, as does Kelsey. Ah, only problem is... I don't have any sake, I said. I have a nicely stocked bar, but never thought to have sake. This is not one of the drinks I've kept in my collection. It doesn't have to be sake, but it's so light that it helps keep the shot glass from sinking quickly. 
Kendall says. I want to do it the way it's supposed to be done, especially since she seems to be so excited about it. I can run to the party store right now. It's only 9 o'clock and it won't take me long, I told them. They all started doing the no, don't go out type of thing, but I let them know that the party store is just right around the corner. It's only a five-minute walk from my house. No driving tonight. I'm never going to risk that problem. Fun fact, here in Michigan, we use the term party store to describe all liquor stores and many convenience stores in our area. I didn't know until I was older that that was an exclusive Great Lakes State term. Other places might call it a beer store, a packy, or a bodega, even. You guys, put on some Taking Back Sunday or Avril Lavigne, and I'll be back before you know it. Nostalgia, you see. Stepping outside, I was immediately hit by the unseasonably warm early May weather. It made me feel content. The jingle overhead signaled that I had arrived. Mr. C's Party Store on Nine Mile in Jefferson one of my home-away-from-home home spots. I nodded to Sam, the store owner that never seemed to have a day off. Heading to the back of the store, I found just what I was looking for, a black bottle with gold Japanese writing on it, a $14 bottle of sake. This should do. As I walked toward the counter with my prize, I stopped. I felt like I hit an invisible barrier. That can't be what I think it is. Uh, a board game? I've never seen a board game in this or any party store before. They might have playing cards or even packs of ping pong balls and cups for playing beer pong, but never any board games. On the second to bottom shelf sat a dusty black rectangular box. Lake Kill, the board game, it said. I felt like I was starring in a 1980s slasher or something. Dimwit male lead finds cursed board game, plays with naive drunk friends, brutal and maybe hilarious consequences follow. To add to the Hollywood-like aura, I had to literally dust off the top of the box, revealing the logo. A simple red canoe with oars crossing behind it, like a skull and crossbones type aesthetic. This looked like it would be a great time. I sped walked over to Sam I threw the sake and cursed board game on the counter. His expression was blank. Uh, Sam, what's up, man? He quietly grabbed a bag from behind the counter. He calmly put my black and gold sake in it and pushed it toward me. Thanks, but I have this here as well. I tapped on top of the black rectangular box. I didn't see the price, but I know that he had only charged me for the bottle that he had just bagged. He said, you're good. I said, no, Sam, seriously, I want to buy this. Just tell me what you are good, Sam said, as serious as a heart attack. I didn't want to push it, so I tucked the game under my arm and I grabbed the sake. Weird. Hope Sam's okay. When I got home, I kicked my shoes off, hung up my sweatshirt, and headed downstairs with the game behind my back. My three guests seemed like they were still having a great time. Music was blaring, used shot glasses lined the bar, and the pizza we ordered earlier had already almost been demolished. Okay, party people, I got the stuff that's going to pop my depth charge cherry. Let's light this fuse. Woohoo! After making myself another drink, Kendall started filling up a glass for the game. 
as she was picking out a not-so-heavy shot glass to make the game last longer, I totally forgot what other purchase I had acquired. Oh, hey, you want to see something weird? That was greeted with blank stares, probably not the best way to start a sentence. We all laughed, breaking the awkward silence, thank goodness. I said, no, for real, check this out. With that, I ran back upstairs and I grabbed the game. As I hopped back down the stairs, I held it out proudly in front of me, displaying it like Vanna White. Again, blank stares. Uh, what is this? I don't get it. Jay said. The twins nodded in agreement. I had to realize that they don't know I just picked this up from the party store. They must think that I just had this laying around the house. I explained that I just happened to see it sitting on one of the shelves and how weird that was. They eventually understood how uncanny finding a board game at a party store actually was. So, the four of us sat at the bar with the Lake Kill board game sitting in front of us. Well, let's play, Kelsey said. She looked at her sister to see what her thoughts were, and Kendall cracked a smile. I gladly took the honors of tearing the cellophane off the box, carefully opening the lid revealed the actual board. I removed said board, revealing a standard-looking Monopoly-style board. Squares littered every side. They stated things like, pick a card, move two spaces, and lose life. Under the board laid two compartments, both holding a stack of cards. One was black, the other red. There were also some icons you could use to move, like the top hat or the car from Monopoly, but these were... stranger... They included a hockey mask, a knife, a noose, and a diamond. Curiouser and curiouser. Stranger still is that there were only four when the game said it was rated two to eight players. Uh, I'll be the hockey mask, I guess. Jay said. Damn, I wanted that one. The twins took the next two, the knife and the noose. Guess that leaves me the diamond. Jay started reading the instructions. Uh, this is like a Frankenstein list of rules. Uh, they don't make much sense, they're, and they're all molded together. <laughs> I don't know, it doesn't make much sense, man. Frankenstein's a monster, I said. What? Jay said, looking confused. Sorry, it's just something that's always bothered me. When you refer to something strange or freakishly put together as Frankenstein, you really mean it's Frankenstein's monster, not Dr. Frankenstein, the mad scientist. We all laughed a bit, but I really had to point out the difference. Whatever, man. Uh, it says here the oldest rolls first. Yay! Kendall said, joyfully grabbing the die. What? I'm five minutes older, Kelsey. Sorry. Giving a loser sign with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead to her younger sister. Kendall rolled a three. She landed on the third spot, which instructed her to pull a chance card. She read it out loud to us. Stay quiet. He's outside the door. We all seemed to stop breathing. What the hell does that mean? Before any of us could muster a response, we heard three loud banging noises coming from the front door above us. Now, with wide eyes, the twins looked at us. Did you order something or have someone else coming over? Shh. The guards said to be quiet. 
three more aggressive bangs made us all jump. Not knowing if this was a coincidence or if someone was actually at the door, I put my index finger to my lips, signaling the others to remain quiet as I went to the base of the stairs where I could get a visual to the front door. I didn't see anything. Must have just been a coincidence. As that thought finished in my head, the lights went off. It honestly could have been any of us, but I'll choose to blame it on them. When the light turned back on, there was a plain yellow card laying in front of Kendall. What the frick, man? What kind of game is this? Jay said, looking at me. Kendall turned the card over to reveal a number. One. At this moment, I finally realized what day it was. May 13th, Friday. Jay, keep reading the instructions. As he read, we all determined this was not an ordinary game. Jay scanned to the final objective to the game. Uh, the first to obtain the seven yellow cards wins. That's odd. You'd think the first to get 13 wins, but whatever. If you do not successfully complete the task given, then punishments will be dished out, detailed by the other set of cards. Okay, okay, just follow the instructions, guys, as the game lays them out. It's just a game, I said, trying to sound convincing. The knocks were just, well, I don't entirely know, but it couldn't be something related to the game. Just an awful coincidence. Dumb kids playing ding-dong dits or something. Hey, we stayed quiet and won that round, so let's just stay in the spirit of the game. I know they didn't believe that. I didn't believe that. I can't believe that I hadn't realized we were all gathered here on a Friday the 13th, the first one in almost nine months. Who's next, Jay? I asked. Jay looked flustered, but pulled the instruction pamphlet to his face. Uh, after the first roll, the turns will continue clockwise. Jay placed the instructions down and looked at me. He was sitting to Kendall's left. Jay's turn. Jay rolled a two. His hockey mask landed on a space that said two simple words. You're safe. What does that mean? What do we do? Next one, Jay said. Jay didn't have to draw any cards? He's he's just safe? What's that in your drink? Kelsey asked. We all looked at it. A sickly yellow card covered in an unknown sludge. Slowly fishing it out, Jay held it up. Sue. Kelsey's turn. She hesitantly rolled. The black and white die fell with a six face up. Pick a red card. She did as instructed. I could see her face fall when she silently mouthed the card to herself. Kendall shook her. What does it say? Kelsey stared straight ahead, silently handing the card over to her twin sister. Kendall read it out loud. Sorry, you're not the final girl. Thank you for playing. I let out a nervous laugh, not meaning to. Relax, Kelsey. It's just a game. That doesn't mean anything. Panic ensued between the twins, accompanied by me and Jay trying to make sense of what was happening and also calming them both. When the lights turned back on, Kendall was holding the now blank red card. A yellow card was also in front of Kendall. I didn't wait this time. 
I turned it over to reveal the number... Three. This doesn't make sense, I thought. Why did you get the third yellow card even though it was her turn? And where the hell did the yellow cards even come from? I didn't see them in the game. Something very bad is we were interrupted by my phone. Queen's Don't Stop Me Now played at an inhuman volume level. All three of us clasped our ears trying to preserve our hearing and sanity. Finding a way to finally open one eye, I firmly met my gaze with Jay. I could barely make out what he was attempting to mouth to me. Your turn. The sound waves were almost visible. I reached with all of my might, grabbing the die. A weak toss bounced the die, hitting one side, then the other. The die landed. I rolled a one. Freddie Mercury's epic voice silenced, releasing us from our auditory prison. Gasping for air, we all finally sat up, attempting to regain our sanity. Where is Kelsey? Holy shit, she is gone. She's gone! Listen. Jay interjected before we lost our minds. It's part of the game. I know it doesn't sound right, but we need to continue the game before we think about this. Maybe she freaked out and left while we were all getting our ears beaten to a pulp by Freddy. We shouldn't have jumped into this bullshit Lake Hill game, but now we can't stop. Let's just end this and figure it out later. Jay sounded entirely reasonable despite the horror that we had all just gone through. A member of our party had just disappeared for God's sake, but for some reason I understood what he was saying. I looked at Kendall, giving her a look of, I'm sorry, and she returned the sentiment. I moved my diamond piece, and the spot I landed on said, Random. I put my head down, running my hands through my black hair. The black hair that would probably see some gray sprouting up in very little time. Keeping my head to the ground, I asked Jay what random means. It says you pick a card. Either black or red. A feeling of dread blanketed my whole body. Keeping my left hand on my face, I reached with my right for a card. I pulled the card. Opening my eyes, I read. As I finished, I looked at my remaining two friends. They looked back at me with bated breath, like what I was about to say might end the world. The card read, Choose which of your two friends should leave the game. Jay immediately started shaking his head. No, no, no. How the hell does this game know how many people are here? This is prepackaged bullshit Parker Brothers game, man. What'd you do to us, Jake? Kendall started to silently cry. Stop! I slammed my fist into the bar, rattling the game pieces and cards. Both Jay and Kendall recoiled out of instinct. I'm not going to choose between you. It's a stupid game and I would never make that decision. Look, I don't know what's going on here, whether it be supernatural, paranormal, or otherwise, but we can logically explain this. Looking at my friends, the only friends I've kept in the last 20 years, I could see my mini motivational speech had fallen on deaf ears. I think we should put this piece of shit away and go look for Kelsey. I never thought she would be so spooked by something like this. I stood up and made sure I had my house keys in my left pocket and my phone in my right, and I nodded to Jay to join me. 
He was about to stand up when a voice quietly sounded behind us. You rolled. You moved your piece. You accepted the move. There's no avoiding it. I will take a liberty here. You don't have to choose between me or Jay. Without Kelsey, I... I don't want to be here. Both Jay and I realized what Kendall was saying at the same time. We both turned around to stop her. What happened next was in gruesome slow motion. What we saw was one of our best friends plunge a nail file into her neck, painting my basement with burgundy red viscous. The horrific reality of what just happened is something I might not ever process. The noises she made. I shakily dropped to her side, trying to help her stay alive. It was no use. Taking her pulse, I felt nothing, except a waxy feeling. I gripped the alien device, pulling it toward me. A yellow card. Four. Now it's just me and Jay, both on our knees, both on either side of one of the sweetest people we have ever met. In a matter of minutes, she had lost her twin sister and then her own life. I again put my head down. Your turn, I said. Jay didn't let his eyes leave poor Kendall. He reached for the die without saying a word. One quick glance at me and he tossed it. The sound of the die hitting the board felt like it shook the ground beneath us. He rolled a four. He moved his blood-covered piece. He made no motion to read the board or to pick a card, so I leaned in and I did it for him. Heart race time, the space said. Pick a black card. It read, your choice. Expose one secret that no one knows about you and gain two cards or face a punishment giving your opponent two cards. Jay started shaking his head as he finally got up from his knees and took a seat by the bar. I don't have anything to hide, Jake. You know that. I really don't even give a shit about this anymore. I want to get the hell out of here. Let's pack this thing up and go. And we gotta call the police. If you didn't notice, there's one dead girl in your basement and one missing. I started to agree with him immediately, but I stopped. Jay, I started solemnly. The game is the game. We can't beat it like this. Not now. I know you're all about science and explaining things, but look at what's happened here, man. I tried to convince him as much as I could... I thought I had him. I got nothing for you anymore, man. I have no secrets and I don't care about getting the two cards. Punish me. I winced when he finished that sentence. I felt like... Yep, lights out. Here we go again. My walls were closing in. There were banging noises coming from every direction. Jay fell to the ground again, trying to drown out the sounds of what seemed like multiple intruders. I did the same, although feeling more dead to this night. I just wanted to end this. When the lights finally came back on, I could see that some of my glassware had actually been tossed from its original locations. Great, so now I even have poltergeist activity tonight. Happy Friday the 13th. Happy Lake Kill Night. 
The knocking was so loud, I didn't even hear my glasses break. Every time the lights went out, we were met with something awful. I scanned the room. No yellow cards. No more blood. No more... Wait. A small white piece of paper was peeking out of Jay's shirt pocket. Did you have that there all night? I asked. He looked down to his left breast pocket. As he pulled the note out, his eyes sank as he read it to himself. The note fell from his hand. I said, what is it? He offered no response. I slowly grabbed the note from the ground in front of him. It actually wasn't a note at all. It was a prescription. Wellbutrol. What is this, Jay? I asked again. I didn't know. Something in his deadpan tone told me he did know. It was supposed to... It was supposed to treat anxiety. Damn it. The side effects were stated, but the, the company that pushed it, they paid a lot. They... What did you do, Jeremiah? Take your cards, Jake. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't care what the punishment is. I'll die with what I know. Pretty extreme for the good doctor that I've known since college. He's one of the most understanding people I've ever been around. Did you hurt people, man? What the hell is this? Just admit it and you'll get the cards. We're almost done with this nightmare. Jay looked around the room, seemingly planning his next action. No, I can't. For some reason, he pulled a red card without being told by the game. What are you doing? I thought to myself. Jay read. You won't release your deeds, so you'll sow the seeds. You reap what you sow, after all. With that, he placed the card back down on its face. He reached back into his front shirt pocket, introducing two little yellow pills. I couldn't see exactly what was etched on them from where I was sitting, but I thought I made out what looked like three little letters. R-I-P. Jay, don't! I tried to reach for him, but it was too late. He threw them down his throat before I had a chance. A big swallow and his pupils immediately dilated. A small amount of foam emanated from both corners of his mouth. Jay, stop! It's not worth it! Don't do this! I desperately tried to get to him, but he was gone. My best friend, my only friend now, just catatonically pointed to his pocket. I approached him cautiously, pulling out two yellow cards from his pocket. They read, Five. Six. This will be my last turn. I'm going to fix this. Somehow, I have no idea how, but I'll fix this. Not letting Jay out of my sight, I hastily threw the devil die. I rolled a six. I slammed my diamond piece six places, reaching the first square where we started this game. The square was blank, as it was from the beginning. I didn't know what to do. It offered no instruction, and Jay broke his frozen state. Speaking without emotion, monotone, he said, Congratulations. The first to make one trip around the board automatically gains one yellow card. I stared at him. Confusion... Sadness and despair flooded my entire being. 
He pointed at the center of the board game. The black and red cards were gone. The pieces, the die, were gone. One yellow card sat. I shakily grabbed it and I flipped it over. Seven. I woke up in my bed. My head felt like the Hammer Brothers from Super Mario were having a party. I willed myself up, immediately falling to the ground. Pain shot through my entire body. Momentarily forgetting everything from last night, I ran downstairs after I puked like a champion. I found my basement bar in pristine condition. No empty drinks, no board game, no catatonic friend, no dead friend bleeding on the ground. I found my phone sitting on the bar, 10% battery left, thank goodness. No notifications, no missed calls. I tried calling Jay, no answer. I tried calling both of the twins, same result. I sat down, holding my smoldering head in my hands. After what felt like an eternity, I heard a text message notification go off. It snapped me back to reality. Opening the text, I saw that it was from Jay. Hey brother, twins just landed at Metro Airport. I'll be there in about an hour. So pumped for tonight. I think we all need this. Funny, it's Friday the 13th, right? See you soon, man. Let's face it, most people aren't making massive turkey feasts on the regular, and after 364 days of not thinking about it, it can be hard to get that bird just right. That's where Instacart, the holiday rescue app, comes in. From getting all the ingredients to prep a full seasonal spread to getting last-minute swamps in a turkey emergency, Instacart has everything a holiday host needs to save face and save dinner. And right now, if you download Instacart, you get free delivery on your first three orders and delivery in as fast as one hour. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Wells Fargo presents one of the surest ways to grow your money. A Wells Fargo CD account, where you can earn a 5.00% annual percentage yield on an 11-month term with a minimum opening deposit of $5,000. Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash CD rates to open a CD account and start growing your savings with us. Wells Fargo Bank, N.A., member FDIC. 